This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 28 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk about dog foods, raw, kibble, and home-cooked. We talk about transitioning horses to new feeds and diets, good warming foods for horses, and we all pick what animal we would like to add to our family in 2017. So how was your week, Patty P? <laughs> my week was pretty, uh, it was very busy, and my weekend was quite cold. I um, w- I went to uh, a Robert Dover clinic with Stu, which was wonderful, <clears throat> um, and learned tons of stuff and was reminded of stuff that I should have remembered, <laughs> which, is always, which is always fun. And then I went to... Um, San Antonio and I did a clinic and I taught 34 lessons and it was 11 degrees. <laughs> and of course, were you dressed for 11 degrees? Here's the thing, Tigger. You know me. I don't like to be cold. I don't like to be cold. That's why when I moved to Houston and everybody said, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I would rather be warmer than colder. I, um, <laughs> as Hannah says, Texas, Texas is bipolar. So it was, it was like 80 in the morning and then it was literally like 22 uh 14 hours later so no i didn't know that was going to happen so that was kind of <clears throat> so fortunately people in san antonio gave me clothes so you didn't have <laughs> car parts no i'm so mad because i had just found them and i didn't even think i mean it it is so hard it, and I don't know if I'll ever get used to this, but it is so hard to get up in the morning and have a short sleeve shirt on and then 12 hours later have a, a front move through and, and need Carhartts. It's, it's a weird, it's, it's like Florida that way, but it stays colder here longer. You know how in Florida it will have a cold snap and it will stay maybe for two or three days. Yeah. Here it stays a little bit longer and it stays cooler longer, which is, which is nice. But, um, I just did. I just didn't look ahead, and um, I that was because my first lesson was at seven thirty in the morning. It was oh. a full cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was tough. But anyway, I I have such an amazing clientele there. They take very good care of me, and um, okay, I talked yeah. out of my car at one point. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I came out, and a friend of mine's husband gave me this big, big coat that I had on top of my five other coats, and it really did make. It was like that last coat, that fifth coat, made the difference. You know what I mean? And you didn't have <clears throat> gloves or hat or anything. Or scarf. I had a hat because I keep that in my in my car, and I have gloves um, because once it gets sixty, I'm cold. So I had that already in my car, um, but um, I kind of looked like the abominable snowman because I was like coming out and, but. <clears throat> It, it was, it was definitely, it was cold. And I have to say, I, you know, people that could, dream, you know, really deal with extreme weather, like obviously it gets very hot here. You know, what troopers, I, I had 34 lessons that I taught and not one person canceled, not one. It was 20 mile an hour winds. I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed. Um, we have another word for that in Virginia. <laughs> it's called stupid. I understand that. But these are dedicated people. <laughs> and I love them. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, you know, our good friend Patty Farless will love, would love to tell you the story about when I was supposed to go somewhere to, to do, go teach a clinic. And she had a ride at 630 in the morning. It was nine degrees. And I had three pair of gloves. I had one pair on and two that I was sitting on. And she would come by and we would exchange them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Preheated gloves. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Because I was under an electric blanket. My car hearts. Kathy Rouse bought me this electric jacket. You know, so I was, I was like all set to go go and every she would come out about about every 10 minutes and she's like new set so i take them off give them to her i'd preheat the next one (laughs) it's called dedication stupid dedication but it's called no kidding oh my gosh yep 
What was your week like, Jennifer? Uh, let's see here. My week consisted of um, about 95 podcasts to edit. But oh. yeah, well, we're going away next week. For, we're going up home to Pennsylvania to visit my family. So all the shows that are going on the week we're gone, plus all the shows that happen between Christmas and New Year's all have to get done before we leave. Right. Oh, yeah, Glenn has a strict policy of no work during vacation, which never really works because there's always something that's broke. Oh, that's so cute and funny. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we had a little extra drama because one of the show websites crashed and all the data disappeared. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, horse not... radio network crashed. No, no, one of the subsites. Ah, it was a, it was one show that was affected. If the entire oh. horse radio network show had crashed or site had crashed, there would have been a headline, and you'd have seen it on CNN. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I, I have no doubt. Florida would have been in the news again. But on the good side, <clears throat> I got to ride my Orky several times this week, and it was wonderful. Oh, Aww. yay! Yeah, how's the weather there? Are you guys? It's um, been unusually warm. Oh, well, in like the 80s. Okay. okay. It's it's actually warm enough to go swimming in our pool right now. Oh, that that's just disgusting it's on a, so it's many. It's awful. <laughs> it's just awful. A scooter with his winter coat is just miserable. And um, today it finally cooled off. It was in the high 60s, low 70s today, so it cooled off a little bit. I'm surprised you guys didn't get the front that we had. Well, we did. We got we got the leftovers of the front, and the leftovers consisted of a breeze. And it went from 80 wow. to 60, you know? That, that's Yeah. 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 So that's what happens when you start out at 80. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a long I, I, way to go until yeah. you get to discomfort. Yeah. It's so funny how different it is. It's just the weather is so crazy. It's so crazy. But it's been lovely here. I got to ride my pony a couple times this week. We had a great time. Did some, did some flat work and had a couple of breakthrough light bulb moments. Yay, us. Who doesn't love that? And I Me had to, too. Yeah, I had to ride through the zo- the zombie donkey uh, apocalypse today, and I did not die. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have a we have one little section of the neighborhood here where I ride that it has donkeys on both sides, and of course Nigel is deathly, deathly afraid of donkeys. And for good reason. And for good reason. Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of them are afraid. I, I honestly, I mean. <laughs> How many people can walk up on a, on a donkey and have their horse be okay? Not mine. <laughs> Just gonna say. Yep. yep. Well, the donkeys the donkeys were full of themselves today, and I had not ridden down this particular road in probably two months because that's where the donkeys are. <laughs> and I, you know, the donkeys have not been out in weeks and weeks and weeks. The donkeys are are currently pastured at the other side of those properties. We'd have nothing to worry about. Ah. <laughs> So I, I, I turn the corner and I hear snorting. And the only thing over there to snort is a donkey. Oh, right. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. So uh, we got about a third of the way through the gauntlet. And I made a wise decision to turn down a side street and do a couple of circles and then make a uh, a planned and sedate dismount. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's on a road. It's not like I have a choice. It's on a road. Right. So when the, when the feet start flying, things don't go well. Yeah, yeah. There's the feet flying everywhere. No, don't want to go crashing. So uh, dismounted, and uh, he he danced sideways while I walked past the yeah. zombie apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. You know that's funny, Tigger. I don't know if that you remember when we were um, at that last place in what well, we were off a of sea road in Florida, yeah, and yeah. we were going on a trail ride, and we were walking along, and it was you know me and Andy, and we were on the older horses that can handle stuff, right? You know, no big deal. Except most horses aren't good with an emu. Oh no! <laughs> that, like, and Andy would make this thrumming noise, which was shocking. Like I couldn't even believe he could figure it out. And every one of the horses, and it wasn't like it was one of those feelings, like not that they're going to run away, but they're literally going to die under your feet because <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, this isn't natural. I'm just going to go ahead and die. I love it when you can feel their heart beating on your calf. I love that part. Oh, that's just, that's, yeah, not really. That. That's not my favorite. <laughs> just going to point that out. Yeah. That yeah. that. Yeah. And, and then, Oh my God. You. Scary. That was, and it was so funny because it was like an, an attack emu, and it was out in the field with a pony and another horse. And the you know the pony and the horse would come running over like, oh my gosh, there's friends here, yay, yay! And the 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 thing would come over and make that really low, kind emu of I noise. guess what you call it, 
thing, whatever. And it was like, crap, that's scary. I don't care who you. And the horses like would grow cement legs and they would just stand there and then, and you just, you could feel trembling. Oh, I hate it when they stop you know? and park like that. You know when yeah. they're frozen, you know it's going to end badly. <gasps> yeah, there's oh. nothing. And fortunately, we were fine. But, you know, so we passed by and then we went on with our trail road only to realize that we had to, to go by it again. So, <laughs> oh my and, you know, gosh. yeah, and the worst part of it was is we did that more than once. So that just goes to tell you about our <clears throat> sanity level. Like, <laughs> let's just go out again and see if they're over it. They weren't. <laughs> they were not over it. <laughs> wow yeah so yeah the frozen legs yeah that's why i dismounted because it was getting harder and harder to to keep those legs moving yeah and, yeah, and the last time the legs froze up it, it wasn't a pretty thing at all there were big divots in the lawn next door after that and, <laughs> had to go repair them mm-hmm. yeah that's never fun yeah that's never fun yeah so Tig- tigger did you ever have a uh an encounter with an exotic animal that uh, was memorable on on horseback horseback? yeah (laughs) because i've had them on you know two feet um with an exotic animal uh peacocks yeah peacocks are also bad yeah (laughs) yeah they really are well i mean especially when you get the ones that like kind of spread their things you know exactly they're like hi (laughs) no go away there's nothing about you i need to know yeah yeah, or when they just sort of fly in, oh. and they make that, that that calling sound. Yeah, and you know we have peacocks oh. all over our neighborhood. They're actually feral here. Oh, wow. real? Yeah, we have some feral peacocks because people get them as pets, and then you know they get loose. We have all kinds. Of, we have feral cattle, feral peacocks, feral dogs, feral you feral everything down here. People just feral pythons. People just turn it loose in Florida. Yeah, there are definitely yeah, feral pythons down there yeah, for sure. Those. And the horses have kind of gotten used to the pe- to the peacocks now because they're just there all the time. They they wander through the pastures and and that sort of thing. Oh. And they've kind of gotten used to the rattlesnakes too. Oh, I don't even want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. There's yeah, I'm not a snake gal. <laughs> so the peacock were the peacocks roosting up in a tree and and fly down on your head? Not on my head, but in front of the horse. That's close enough. <laughs> May as well have been on your head. <laughs> or flying up on the edge of uh, the arena. That's yeah. always fun. And it seems like in Florida, for some reason, because the, at that same place that we were at, Tigger, you know, they had a peacock farm not far past the I know. Open. I took pictures of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so that, we remember, we could hear them all the time. Um, and remember, there was an albino one. Do you yeah. remember that? I that do. was kind of cool. Wow. It was cool when you were on foot. Not so cool when you're riding. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about dog food. I don't know how to seg it speaking from peacocks, peacock food. Speaking, yeah, of, speaking peacocks of peacocks and uh, emus yeah. and rattlesnakes. <laughs> Let's talk about dog food. <laughs> I wonder if dogs would enjoy and enjoy rattlesnakes that taste like chicken. <laughs> Isn't that an alligator? <laughs> no, that's frog legs. That's frog legs. Oh, frog legs. That's right. Yeah. How did I get that so wrong? Don't don't even answer. Don't, don't even answer. Yes. Don't yeah, don't. I was kidding. It just came out of my mouth. I didn't mean it. Um so what what do you guys feed? <laughs> what what's your feeding um <laughs> fundamentals? I think Jennifer should go first. Oh, thanks. You're just trying you're just trying to, to avoid the teacher's wrath. Well, I'm not. Well, I, I no, don't think she's not a teachable moment. This is not a teachable moment. If you, we hear a, that cool. <laughs> I know you too well, woman. I know you too well. <laughs> my my do- my dog <clears throat> enjoys eating her packaged kibble from the grocery store. Now you what notice kind of- I didn't say anything in there about it being good for. Her. I just said she enjoys eating it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I enjoy buying it because it's convenient. It's really, really convenient. <laughs> She's still alive. She's still alive. She's sitting under my sort of under my foot. Oh, and we hear her. That's no, not mine. That must be no, more Tigger. That would be mine. <laughs> oh. I should have known better. Even Tigger's dogs hate the fact that our dogs eat kibble patty. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Jennifer, are you ever going to admit what it is you feed, or do you just want to go on to Tigger? <laughs> I it it is a it is um 
It's dog food and it's kibble. Okay. And it's an economical brand. Gotcha. Yeah. And you can buy it when you're in the store. Which and I can there's buy it at the grocery store, which is, you know. Okay. And I will say this. Now, Tigger, breathe evenly. <laughs> in research, in what I have done, because I wanted to feed a, a grain. When I got the Frenchies, I wanted to feed a grain-free dog food. And my problem was I was too busy um, between riding and and what I had to do with my son and blah, blah, blah. I was feeding Rachel Ray grain feed and that grain free, I think it's called zero grain or something. That actually is something you can get in the grocery store that is not a bad um, uh, kibble. Um, and I don't think it's that expensive. And so I fed that for a while. I, you know, my problem is, is the Frenchies um, for all the listeners that know Frenchies <clears throat> and possibly have them, they're flagellators. <laughs> Flagellation means farters. <laughs> I didn't know flagellate could be create could be made into a noun. And there you go. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're flagellators. And well, if you spend even one evening with my dogs, you would go. Yes, it's a noun. They are um, adorable, but they are uh, very uh, tooty and um, um. So I ended up. I I actually. Um, had heard from a local uh, pet store about uh, a company called From, and I think you and I, Tigger, have talked about this a little bit. And um, you know, the biggest thing with me is that if you know, gosh, if they have so much gas and it's really bad, that's got to be bad for them. So I went to this um, this dog food called From, and it's been really um, it's been great because they still do are flagellators, but they're not nearly as bad. They don't wake you up at night. Well, that's good. I wouldn't want you to lose sleep over it. Well, I, I did. Let or me need a you. gas mask. Uh, Tigger, but you know how bad it is. You, I mean, it is bad. It is like people get up and leave the room bad. Pe- people look around and make that face like, how could you ever bad? Patty. Yeah. Yes. That is not normal. Well, no, but no, now they don't because I put them on this different dog food. I put them on from and they're better. They're totally better. No, it's not normal, but it's it's a Frenchy thing. They're they're farters. <laughs> they're little tootie dogs. It's true. So, is there a reason that you don't feed raw? Me? Uh huh. Well, well, I do. I so one of the things uh, since I've um, gotten Burke, the breeder of him had fed him raw, and and, and, and may we just remind everybody that this is not a Frenchie. This no, he's, he's shepherd. Oh my gosh, and he's so adorable. I'm looking at him right now, and my heart kind of hurts. Um, he's uh, he's an Australian shepherd, and um, you know, for me, I travel a lot, and the purpose of me um, getting Burke was to have something a little bit bigger to travel with. And when it gets very hot in the summer, you know, the Frenchies have a lot of breathing problems, and I don't like to be concerned about traveling with them if I were to ever break down. Blah blah blah. And um, so she fed raw and, you know, of course there's, and I have a lot of clients that are vets. So I always like to, to pull what, you know, my vets say and whatever. And most of my vets were all for raw, but the problem I had was the convenience of that. So I started using Stella and Chewy's, which you and Mm -hmm. I have had a discussion over. And I have to tell you, it's been really wonderful. Now I've been doing it for, I guess, guess i've had him what about six weeks and the biggest thing that i was told uh besides the fact that it's a very nice balanced diet now stella and chewies is a frozen food that um i actually get from my one feed store which is awesome and you can get you know lamb or venison or chicken or blah 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 blah. there's all different versions of it and it's just like a patty that you let frost uh defrost and you can either give give them the whole patty or put it in with a kibble and i put it in with a kibble um but i can travel with that i can have that like in my cooler in my yeti cooler and keep that cool where it was it would be a little bit harder with the raw food um because i'd be too worried about the consistency of the of how cold it was. And I've been really happy with this. Um, but I've been told that it really, um, helps their teeth. And I think you were the one that told me that, weren't you Tiggs? Well, certain, um, raw food blends like Stella and Chewy's the bones are already ground. Mm -hmm. So you're getting all the good calcium 
right. you need for good for good bones and good teeth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a real, I mean, I think a, a raw food purist, they would feed the raw bones. They'd feed marrow yes. bones. And, and that's how he was raised. Necks and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's just not so practical for a lot of dog owners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I, um, I've been feeding raw and sometimes I do cooked and I really, I really try to do diversity, lots of different proteins, Mm -hmm. because if you feed the same protein day after day, week after week, month after month, those are the dogs that can develop food allergies, food sensitivities, and they become really quirky, finicky eaters. So why I, is that? Why, I'm not why? exactly sure. Okay. But it's maybe just the same dynamic as a kid who mm. gets French fries every day. And then you say, you know what? It's time for you to have broccoli. And they go, no. Yeah, not doing that. You say a kid. I say an adult would do that. <laughs> okay. So um, what I really like to do is focus on variety with my dogs. Mm-hmm. So they never know from one meal to the next what it's going to be. Getting. Right. Um but I, I found this really interesting book, and it's called Unlocking the Canine Ancestral Diet. And it's written by a guy named Steve Brown. And he sort of looks at what um, a wolf and the early canines ate and translates it into protein, fat, carbohydrates, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's how we break down food. And the difference between the ratios of the ancestral diet and the ratios of commercial dog food, and it's really quite shocking. Mm. So an ancestral dog diet is primarily protein, and fat. Interesting. Okay. Huh. The carbohydrates, meaning the plants and um, berries and stuff like that, that is somewhere around 14%. Interesting. Hmm. And, and, and the way commercial dog food is made is that the carbohydrate is more like 50% because that's the cheap ingredients. Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense, obviously. So in reading this book and thinking of it in terms of percentage of protein and fat, really fat and, you know, protein and fat could be both 40% each, giving you 20% for fiber and carbohydrates. And most commercial dog food isn't like that at all. Right. I mean, they're generally in the 20% protein and maybe 20% fat. So that leaves at 40%, that leaves 60% for carbohydrates. That's a oh, lot. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you say potato chip? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so here's another question, Tigger, um, and I, and also um, you, Jennifer. I, you know, how often um, do people feed their, um, I mean, their puppies and also their adult dogs? How often? Oh, mm-hmm. she twice a day. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Puppies, I feed three times a day. Yeah, me too. Well, I can't tell you the last boy since so long since we had a puppy. Now, growing up, we always had a a uh, herd of dogs in the house, and they were always large dogs. We used the self feeding method. The big bag bag of kibble was opened up, the sides yep, folded over, and it just big, sat there, yep. and everybody mm-hmm. just ate out of it. <laughs> 
Which, you know, it's so funny because I was never raised that way, but it sounds like it really is. If you can do that, it sounds like it's actually a really good way to let them be. What do we, what do you think, Tiggs? I, I totally disagree. You do? Why? Because, okay, let's again, think back to early dog and as they evolve from a wolf. A wolf goes out on a kill, right? Hunts yeah. down the prey. The pack is sharing it. And then they either drag the carcass or protect the carcass and, you know, dine on it the next day. And then there's nothing left because all the other scavengers have gotten to it and it's time to go hunting again. And then they may go a day or two and not have any food. Mm. And then they, then they hunt again. I don't think it's normal dog behavior to eat constantly, although there's a lot of evidence that when you put a big pan of kibble out, the dogs will self-regulate. Right, because that's... Over time. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Because um, that was my thinking. I've never done... I've never self-fed. I've never, I've never done that. Um, I'm too much of a control freak. <laughs> You will me get too. I say, and you're going to look at me and smile. <laughs> Plus, it takes away all diversity. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is really going against the grain of the gut because the, the gut really does need different kinds of proteins and different kinds of fats. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, things like cottage cheese and kefir and lossy and um uh venison and buffalo and i just got some duck and quail so um, i have a mm. question so yes it's, it's probably not but if in the in um the perfect world if it were possible to create a packaged let's call it kibble that had appropriate ingredients in it for people who like Patty and I who are lazy and, and go with convenience. <laughs> is kibble in and of itself the bad part, or is it fat, the fact that kibble has to get created with, with lots and lots of ingredients that really aren't necessarily good for the dog? Both. So mm. why I get the ingredients part, but why is it also bad to have it? Why is the other Because part to bad? make kibble, you have to extrude the ingredients. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to cook the So it's the processing. Yeah. Gotcha. The processing, okay. Because with all that processing sucks what good stuff is in the ingredients it, it, out of the ingredients. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. They so call I the extrusion process, the food that comes out of the extruder is called pink slime. <laughs> mm. Yum. Hmm. That's going to be the new bad guy in the in the next um, in the next Ghostbuster movies. That's going to be the new bad guy. It's going to take over San Francisco. Yeah, yeah exactly. So now I That's forgot so my question. Um, um, oh, I was reading a little bit about raw foods and things in preparation for today's show. And some of the websites that you come to, because, of course, everybody knows that everything on the Internet is true. <laughs> There's right. homemade dog food that isn't yep. raw. And a lot of people have recipes on for making dog food for your yep. dog at home. And it's cooked dog food. Yeah, now mm -hmm. I do that. That's one of the the I do. That's part of the variety. Is mm -hmm. is the crock pot um, gets you know we throw in the meat and water and sometimes I'll make bone broth at the same time. <laughs> so I'm making bone broth, throwing in the meat in the bones and some peas, and then I cook all night and boom, dog food in the morning. And my theory is is that when the dogs were coming, the wolf, the wolves were coming around mankind and there were some friendly wolves and the humans had found fire and they were cooking their meat and throwing their bones and the dogs were eating cooked food. So that that is not such a stretch. Then, and then the way we cook food at home in a crock pot, for example, is not the same as a commercial factory would cook food to Correct. create pink slime. Correct. It's yeah. a very Correct. different process, yes. Very different. A hundred percent different. There you go. So for folks like Patty and I who are lazy and buy kibble for our dogs. 
The lazy part hurts, man. (laughs) I I don't think it's lazy. I I think that we have been taught Mm. that dry kibble is good for your dog. Well, it's good for their teeth. It gets the tartar off. No, it doesn't actually. No, it's terrible. No, it doesn't. It it cr- it's very very hard, so it just shatters. They need something about the consistency of a carrot mm-hmm. to do their gums yeah. any good. I did learn that. Um, so for folks like us who maybe maybe for the benefit our, of our canines' health need to take baby steps towards a better <laughs> diet, is it useful and helpful for our dogs to have a partially kibble and partially yes. fresh food yes. diet? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best ways to start is even, you know, two or three meals a week. I use literally raw bison. So give us, um, give us a scenario. We will make Glory our, <laughs> our um, Glory my greyhound. We will make her okay. our guinea pig. She, okay. She okay. gets a cup of kibble twice a day. So you would reduce it to, and what's her weight look like? She's uh, 50 pounds and just right. Okay. So you're going to cut the kibble in half and you're going to add, I would say, half a cup of raw bison and maybe an egg or a little, um, a raw egg, a raw egg, but make sure it's from, yeah, but make sure it's, it's from, uh, it's not from, you know, from the same grocery store that the kibble came from. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. To, it's not next to the puppy chow. <laughs> and if if you're if you can't get you know a locally grown, a local sourced egg like from a neighbor, um, then you know scramble up some eggs. Scramble now, one egg. So is an egg that has been cooked, not quite as good as a raw one. Correct. Okay. But it's better than none. Or yeah. you can just go add some kefir. Or some cottage cheese. She likes And I mean cheese. little, like a teaspoon or a tablespoon. You don't need a lot. You just, it's the whole idea of variety. And then okay. add some water and mix it all together with the kibble. Is pumpkin and good? Tell me pumpkin's good. Pump, pumpkin is awesome. Because I love feeding my dog pumpkin. Because she likes it's, it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh. so good. And you know what? A, a really good meal is canned sardines in your food processor with some... Um, can organic canned pumpkin. Oh, I can do that. It, Sardines and pumpkin. Now, for my 50-pound just-right greyhound, who is on a normally kibble diet right now, if I wanted to give her a couple times a week a a, a serving of pumpkin and sardines, what would I use? A, a, like a quarter of a cup of pumpkin? A couple tablespoons of pumpkin? See, this is okay, why so I don't t- do it. It's too confusing. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> throw out the measurements. Okay. <laughs> Just take a can of sardines, put it in your food processor. Take a couple mm-hmm. of tablespoons, maybe two, maybe three. Follow your intuition. Add it. You can't you can't feed too much of pumpkin, mm-hmm. but you don't want more pumpkin than sardines. Gr- and it Gloria doesn't would have agree, to be by the way, that you cannot feed her too much pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and grind it up, and add a couple of tablespoons to the kibble. But right. lower the amount of kibble because she's getting more yeah. fat and protein right. from the now, sardine. The one caveat to this is it's going to cost me sixty nine ninety five to start down this path because uh, if Glenn ever finds out then any fish got anywhere near any of his kitchen <laughs> equipment, I would be a divorce court. <laughs> he doesn't like fish? Oh, he can't watch people cook fish on TV. Isn't that funny? He's got, a, he's got something broken there, that dude. <laughs> Love him to death. Well, then but... start with buffalo. There we go. Like... Start with buffalo. There we go. I, I, I'm going to have fun. F- I'm going to have to go to go to Facebook to my local friends and find a place to find buffalo. Ocala's not a great it's in food most town. Grocery stores. You've not you've not lived in Ocala, have you? No. No. I <laughs> no. Ocala's not a good food town. Okay, so if you no. can't find bison, look for grass-fed beef. That I can find. Okay. I think I'm going to start out easy okay. because that little t- that little tiny can <coughs> of sardines, I can hide that in the back of the cupboard. Glenn won't know it's there. Ah. Um, and I can't... P- can of pumpkin, easy, because I make pumpkin pie all the time. I can manage that. Okay. Um, eggs I can do because there's a lady down the street who has chickens. Perfect. 
See, I oh, can perfect. I can do yeah. this. I can I can go for a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday happy meal. It's going to be Glory's happy meal. Right. We'll check in in a couple of months. And I'll let you know how it's going. And and don't forget your crock pot. You can throw a chicken in there. You know, a breast. You can and add some water and maybe some peas or now, carrots. You're, you're you're starting to overwhelm me, Tigger. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm overwhelming you with a crock pot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Baby steps. Okay. Baby okay. steps. We're gonna get we're gonna get two steps of pee off today, and then we're gonna quit and eat a eat yep. a sugar cube. And 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 we're gonna let it go. We're gonna okay, go. Okay. Well, I would like to invite our listeners to help Jennifer and Patty. And if any of you feed cooked or raw, we please send us that. your recipes. We want to hear. I want <laughs> well, your that, recipes. Yeah. Yes. And I used, you know, it's Tigger, a long time, when we were in Rutgersville, I did a lot of cooked stuff. And remember, I had, I had, uh, I had Tessa and, oh gosh, I think I had two other little small dogs. And, um, and I would, and I would do, um, I would cook it and then I would freeze it. So I would have it, which, cause I would try to do it like once a week. And the problem for me was it was that it was time consuming. And so that's why I kind of like the idea of raw, because if you can, um, have it or defrost it or whatever. Oh, it's, it's so great. Food. It's yeah. great. Feed. Excuse me. Yeah. Now, can you, can you, speaking of which, and this will be my last question on this topic. Um, in Glory's example of her pumpkin and sardine and egg conglomeration. But I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't feed the egg with a sardine. Oh, skip the sardine. Either an egg or a sardine, but not both. Got it. Don't Correct. miss your fish and your eggs. We're going to be kosher. But you could do an egg and the bison together. The bison. Okay. Um, can that be frozen? Yes, the okay. the sardines can be frozen. Got it. So, because that's something that because we used to keep back in the day when we had our kitty cat, I cooked for the cat. Um, ah. Because the cat forced me to cook for the cat because the cat got sick all the time if I didn't. <laughs> See, that's the thing. The dog oh. just does. Sure, I'll eat it. <laughs> Doesn't throw it up but, everywhere. <laughs> you know what? You might find um, changing her diet may change her her stress. Yes, because she is, as you know, she's an easily stressed dog. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're, we're going to give that a try. Processed food is stressed food. We're gonna, we're gonna. That's that's going to be Glory's New Year's resolution to eat healthy. Yay! Yay! How about you, Patty? Ah. Are you are you going to step well, up and and tell us and, and what are you, you going? What's your going to be baby I, step? I already feed um a raw. Uh, food. The problem that I have is that I travel too much and I can't travel with raw food. Even and so that's kind of where I get stuck. And when I travel, then I have people that have to come and take care of the dog. So that's really where I, that's really my biggest hang up is, um, is my, um, kind of erratic schedule. Well, that's so, the nice thing about Stella and Chewy's and that's yes. why it's Tucker's, which is similar to Stella and Chewy's. And it's frozen. You take it out. You thaw it. You feed it. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But the only downfall to it is that if I were to feed just that for the my whole crew, it's it's very expensive. So that's why I. Well, you up- know what I have found now. I am feeding two, four, six dogs raw. Right. I mean, some cooked. Um. That once they adjust to it, you feed less in volume. Which, yeah, yeah. And I'm adding, you know, a couple of other little things like kefir, lassi, right, pumpkin. But in volume, I, I think there's a problem with our food bowls, our our, our canine food bowls. <laughs> They're giant, like our plates. They're, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and so even when you even a cup of dry dog food really when you think about it it's a lot yeah especially when you think about the size of their stomachs correct so you know i can feed two dogs with one tucker's um, patty really yeah i add water add a little bit of you know kefir or lossy or or pumpkin or yeah, and that gives it a little bit more volume, but it's still a protein and a fat. Right. And it's made a huge difference with Sabi, who we all know, uh, you know, was tipping the scales. Oh, and a per- perfectness? <laughs> of uh, new. Um, and he was still getting uh, uh, from. So he was getting some dry and, and some raw or some cooked. And right. I just stopped the dry. Boom, done. And in 
in two months, he's lost six and a half pounds. Wow. Which is a good way. I mean, you want them to lose it. You don't want them to lose it really fast. Yeah. Um, No. And already I can see a difference. And their stool is different. They don't, they don't produce as much waste. There's a bunch of crap. I'm, a, I'm, I'm all for less dog poo. Yeah. Um, let's just, let's just put that out there. Yeah, well, me too, especially when you have so many. Exactly. And that's the great thing about raw is that the, their body utilizes way more of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion, and obviously the three of us are um, <laughs> passionate about it and yeah. um, dedicated to it to, to different degrees. I, I, apparently, I get third place on this discussion. <laughs> no, because you, you, you get actually kind of first place because you have decided to have a New Year's resol- resolution, and I just kind of said, nope, don't too busy. <laughs> no, Glory, Glory is having a New Year's resolution. As soon as yeah, she heard the word she pumpkin, be. she was in. Yeah, I bet uh, she's quite happy. But I think it's about time for us to give uh, give Hedwig a call, and we're going to find out what uh, Hedwig wants from Santa. Hello, have you solved your technological incompetence? <laughs> <laughs> Hedwig! Hedwig! Hello, Hedwig and Kathy, and who is the third person today? I don't like to guess. Jennifer's <laughs> here this time. Jennifer! Hello, Jennifer! Hello. <laughs> where, How where are, are you? Where are you? I am suffering once again for a very long day of clinicking. The, the need for people to learn dressage is bizarre. Why <laughs> would you ever want to do this ridiculous activity? Yeah, well, we kind of had that discussion earlier. I think a lot of people <laughs> can be very dedicated. <laughs> what was the word we used, Tigger? <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Dedicated or need to be institutionalized, one or the other. Certainly, there are ways to consider this. Yeah. Is it freezing cold where your servant was teaching? Oh, no, toasty warm. Absolutely lovely. The high was 36. Oh. oh, do you like that type of weather? She's a little crabby because she's been cold. Oh, about 12 hours ago. Yes, that's when she started. She's a little cranky now, but please do not hold this against her. I do my best not to. <laughs> so, Hedwig, I have a question for you. Okay, in, I have answers, in, many answers. Oh, I, I know you have answers. <laughs> I know you do. Well, this is in the Christmas spirit. What would you do or what would you ask for if you sat? Banana peanut butter cookies. <laughs> On Santa Claus's lap. Oh, well, first of all, I'm a little scared of people with beards to go poorly, but I would endeavor to overcome my terror. So I really would like two things. One is a jet plane, please. I would really like a jet plane because my servant is irresponsibly leaving for Florida early this season because it is so flipping cold and our farm resembles a glacier and the horses are forgetting a mice cranky and she says she is too old to be a human lunge line. I don't think so. She's very good at it. Just the other day, the stallion galloped and galloped and galloped and galloped and galloped and she held on just fine. But, you know, <laughs> if she feels like she's too old, who am I to go against her sense? But if we go to Florida early, we are responsible still for visiting our family on New Year's Eve and New Year's Yay, we have a trip planned to Syracuse to see the grandfather and the grandmother and also the aunt May. And so we have to go. So I am being left in Florida with a den instead of getting to go for a nice holiday because we don't have a private jet. Okay. Okay, so jet is jet is one and what 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 would the second thing be? 
Peanut butter banana cookies are so good. Peanut butter banana cookies. Okay, Tigger, register that. I'm sure. Boy, you are. I thought it was for sure going to be cheese. I did too. I'm a little disappointed, but uh, peanut butter banana is our new thing. I Hedwig think. is always full of surprises. <laughs> it's true. Well, remember, it is holiday baking time, and my servant makes these absolutely amazing peanut butter banana cookies that anyone can make for their pets. Oh, I think I would like to try. He makes them. They're very simple. You just take bananas, preferably very ripe bananas, and peanut butter. Not the kind with actual crunchy bits of peanuts. <laughs> the kind smooth, creamy. And then you put in some honey, the raw type of honey. And um, you sort of squash it all together with some wheat germ, and then you put it in the, the oven, and then you feed it to your pet. <laughs> okay. So, a jet and cookies. <laughs> a jet and cookies. Works for uh-huh. me. Perfect, okay, Edwig. Thank yeah. you. I got it. I got it. Happy New Year to all. Merriest of holidays. Enjoy your feasting and your Chantaing and whatever you might get up to. Now I'm a little concerned about what that might be, but whatever works for you, enjoy your lovely holiday. <laughs> Thank you, Hedwig. Thank you, Hattie. Thank you. Bye bye, Hattie. So we're at the Tigapedia uh, section of the show, and the question that I have for Tigapedia is, uh, how do you transition your horse onto a new feed, whether it be a whole food diet or, uh, you know, from one grain to the next? And I like to do it over two weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason I do is that it takes time for the microorganisms in the gut to get used to the new uh, formulations of food. Right. So what I generally do is the first week, half the old food and half the new food. Mm -hmm. And then the second week, a handful of the old food and all the new food. Right. And doing it that way, you know, I'm going to knock on wood. I have never had a problem in transition. The caveat to this is I have had some horses that were seriously, seriously sick that we needed to change the diet immediately. Right. And we changed that day and didn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because the body is was just so struggling that getting the horse onto a whole food diet quickly was... You know, what it really needed best way to get it get the horse out of crisis so but my <clears> general <throat> recommendation is take two weeks take your time um let the microorganisms get adjusted to the new diet and it really it, the, these transitions are are really really easy In Critter Nutrition today, we're going to talk about warming foods for horses. Um, Several years ago, on a cold December day, I was setting up feed in the barn and adding some warming food ingredients, things like hawthorn berry powder, pumpkin seeds, cinnamon, dehydrated butternut squash, some yeast, sesame seeds, holy basil. And I thought to myself, there has got to be an easier way. Adding specific warming foods to your horse's diet in the winter can help older horses maintain good circulation, provide a good variety of foods for the widely diverse population of microorganisms in the gut, support digestion of fiber in the gut, reduce stress, and support the immune system. Biostar's product Thermal was born of a need to make feeding time in winter easier and yet provide these important therapeutic warming foods for my horses. The ingredients for Biostar's Thermal are organic pumpkin seeds, which provide the amino acid arginine, which is a substrate for nitric oxide production in the body. Nitric oxide is the master circulatory molecule. 
Increased circulation helps keep horses warm. Hawthorn berries is a peripheral vasodilator. It dilates the coronary artery and thereby enhancing blood flow. In England, it is common for horses to eat the new young leaves from hawthorn trees in the spring. It is a wonderful plant for older horses because it helps with circulation and strengthening the heart. The yeasts, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, Saccharomyces boulardii, are considered a warming food in Ayurvedic medicine. This probiotic yeast works in the hindgut to digest fiber and maintain a proper pH of the hindgut. Cinnamon is a warming spice, which improves circulation and digestion. It is used traditionally in the treatment of respiratory and sinus congestion. Human studies have pointed to cinnamon's role in regulating blood sugar. Cinnamon does provide some antibacterial as well as antifungal properties. Holy basil. Recognized as one of Ayurvedic medicine's Rasayana herbs, the literal meaning is path of essence that which promotes health and longevity. In Western herbalism, holy basil is classified as an adaptogen, a plant that can help the body respond to stress and provide balance. Holy basil is known for its actions as an immunomodulator and its ability to stimulate circulation. Bovine colostrum supports the immune system with over 80 different immune factors. With over 70 different growth factors, bovine colostrum plays an important role in tissue repair at the cellular level. Organic sesame seeds, organic yellow lentils, butternut squash, and organic orange powder are warming foods that help support a diverse colony of beneficial bacteria in the gut and help to increase circulation and maintain body warmth. The organic orange powder is made from whole organic oranges freeze-dried and then made into powder for their high vitamin C and bioflavonoid content. With this recent onslaught of cold air from Siberia, it's great to make up feed and add thermal to the feed buckets, helping the horses stay warmer, supporting better circulation, and providing variety foods for the microorganisms in the gut. But be forewarned, horses love thermal. And on a day that you decide not to feed it, you may get some snarky looks when the horses realize there is no thermal in their feed. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. We've arrived at Coffee Clatch, one of our favorite segments. It is and indeed. We're talking about adding to the menagerie, which which is our wish list for 2017, what <laughs> domesticated animals we would like to add to our family of critters. Jennifer? Why do I always have to go first? Because you're so you're, good. You're, yeah, yeah. I'm with her on that. Now, I would love to add chickens to my menagerie. Oh, awesome. I yeah. love yeah. chickens. I had chickens before back in the day when we had a farm. And I they're mesmerizing. I love to watch them wander they around are. and cluck and dig and they just look so content. I love chickens. Yeah, I, I would. Do you have chickens? We do not now. We don't have chickens here. Um here where we are at because of the um exceptional number of birds of prey. If you have chickens, you need to keep your chickens under a roof. Oh, and uh, I don't, I don't believe in keeping chickens under roof. I think if you have chickens, chickens need to be able to wander and dig and fluff that. their feathers in the dust and to be a healthy, chicken happy chicken. Thing. You know, I don't yeah. want to have a chicken in a coop. I don't think that's a happy chicken. No, no. You know? So I just Free have to visit the chickens. neighbor's chickens. Yeah. <laughs> 
get their eggs. And get their eggs for glory. Exactly. <laughs> How about you, exactly. Patty <laughs> Um, I have nothing I'd like to add except I want an elephant. And I know it's not domesticated, but I think that an elephant an elephant. Sorry, I have the hiccups pretty badly. Um, I want an elephant, and I think it would go great in my backyard. And um, I think that you can domesticate them just fine. Just fine. So I'm thinking I I would like I would like chickens, Jen's chickens, and I want an elephant. Well, but that I don't need anything else. Are, I, is, is your neighborhood zoned for elephants? No. Yeah. It's not even zoned for chickens. <laughs> So I that feel like I'm already going so outside of the box. <laughs> How about you, Tigger? Alpaca. Oh, is your alpaca going to, to provide elephant. wool for knitting socks? <laughs> no, that would be a llama. No, that's true. Ooh, ooh, emus would be fun. There you go. You could spook <laughs> all the horses with it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think alpacas. I would like to go take a hike with an alpaca. You know, I could stuff all the... You know, camera equipment and frisbees go. for the dog. I think and... you should do it. And I want pictures. <laughs> Actually, I'm with her on that. <laughs> I'd like to see you. I want to see it. Yeah. Absolutely. Pick that frisbee up for the dog. <laughs> there we go. Well, for, for everybody out there in the uh, podcasting universe, if you've got a critter, domestic or otherwise, that you want to add to your menagerie in 2017, let, let us, us know yeah. by going let on over the Facebook. What and, face? What's the Facebook there, Tigger? Uh, healthy critters. Healthy, healthy critters. There you go. <laughs> she, like, like I ask you this every show. Go to yeah. go to Facebook and type in healthy critters and post on there what uh, what your critter is. Or if you've got recipes for uh, dog homemade food. dog food, please yeah. put them there because I want to know. Especially if they don't involve a fish. And if I can't get an alpaca, I'd, I'd really like to have a little miniature goat. There you yeah. go. Yeah. My one client has goats, and they're they're. I, I've never been a huge goat fan, but they have uh, goat babies, and they actually, and um, they actually have had some llamas too, which were pretty cool. I mean, I'm I'm more interested in, in herding um, like you know um, sh- goats and um, sheep than I ever was because I have a herding breed of dog now. So it's interesting to see them do that. But goats are pretty cute. Oh, my God, the way they leap and jump. And you can use, you know why I would like to have a goat, a little goat, is I think it would be great environmentally to um, mow the, the fence yeah. lines. They can there take you know. some weeds down, I'll they tell you. There you some go. Weeds. Uh, and again, I want to see it, Tigger. Get yourself a half a dozen fainting goats and then oh, turn I love, your dogs I've loose. a fainting goat. I want a little dwarf goat. I want a little mini goat. Well, fainting you know, goats are I... tiny. They only get to be about 18 inches tall. They're little itty bitty things. Oh, really? Yeah, they're tiny. Jennifer, you need to look up a fainting goat video. It is hysterical. I've seen it. You need oh, my one. gosh. You need one. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's a wrap here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to head on out of here. Like and us on we'll Facebook. And we'll see you all in the new year. We will. We will. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Your otter. Cuddle your cow. With your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunk. And forgive your fox. While hedging with your hog. Also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. 
and reining with your reindeer. Thank you.